Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and two special interviews today on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, Dan Naidu, the Kansas City Scott Gallagher Girls Director of Coaching, and Mike Aubrey, Executive Director of the Greater Toledo Football Club Impact. Dan Naidu and Mike Aubrey, after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country with a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. So pleased to be joined now by Dan Naidu, who is the Kansas City Scott Gallagher Girls Director of Coaching, a job he's held since 2018. Dan, welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. The name Scott Gallagher is one that, if you know anything at all about soccer, you know the difference they've made. It started in St. Louis, and now you're getting it done in Kansas City. When you think about working for Kansas City, Scott Gallagher, Dan, uh, what's the best thing about working for KCSG? It's the people in the organization, all the way from our leadership group uh, to our coaches, down to our families and players. Unique group, and it keeps growing and growing with better people. So it makes our job fun. And I know you grew up in Atlanta, as I'm here in North Carolina before making your way to Kansas City. We've got some time here. If you don't mind, tell us your story, where you grew up, your family, where you went to college, and the stops before you joined Kansas City Scott Gallagher as the girls' director of coaching. As you said, I grew up in a uh, small town called Kennesaw, Georgia, northwest of Atlanta. Growing up in Atlanta, it's a massive city, right? Big traffic everywhere. Youth soccer scene when I was growing up was big way back. It seems like man, it is a long time ago, actually. Soccer has been a part of my life since I can ever remember. I think it's the first ball I touched. And so it's got a unique place in my heart, sports do in general. It's been a great experience growing up there, moving out to Kansas City. I played for a small club called United Quest which is now NASA. It's a massive club now, merged with Top Hat recently. It's seen it from its infancy when I was playing. So it's kind of cool now to see back and see some of the directors that are still there. I don't get to visit too much, but soccer has exploded everywhere in the U.S. So it's kind of cool to see the continued growth there back in that small club. So after I finished club ball in high school there, I went to the University of Georgia, had offers to go to colleges to play soccer kick football, those kind of things. But at the end of the day, if you've ever been to Atlanta, Georgia, they don't talk about the Falcons. They don't talk about the Braves. They talk about the Georgia Bulldog football. So I grew up with it and I said, well, what the heck, you know, saved my dad a lot of money. So had time in my life, got to play club ball there, kept a lot of in-state kids there, had a blast doing that, watching Georgia football. It's been a great run up until this year. So <laughs> a lot of ties back home that makes it fun. When did you get the coaching bug, Dan? And after Georgia, did you go out in the corporate world or did you go right to coaching? What'd you do? I did not do the corporate world. Well, actually, I did an internship my junior and senior year of college. My dad, I was in the corporate world forever. God bless him. Love him. Great guy. Very successful. But learned quickly it wasn't for me. I actually had a uh, coach, Mark Smith, who I believe is still coaching at United or NASA. He was my coach my senior year, and he said, hey, we need we need summer camp help. You know, you love the game. You t you're you at every training session. You're passionate. So, hey, what the heck? I'll earn some money. So started then. I was back in, uh, geez, 1997. Started there, and I fell in love with it immediately, just giving back and being around that part of it and got to be around some good people. Um, so I actually moved out to Kansas City um, December of 2003. My now wife with three beautiful kids, her dad got transferred out to Kansas City. 
I said, what the heck, you know, packed up my bags left. And it's been, it's been a wonderful experience. Funny story of my co first coaching gig here, I was sitting, you know, at my in-laws kitchen table, trying to look for jobs, you know, waiting tables, doing what? And I was like, I, I love coaching. Literally opened up the yellow pages, which is a foreign thing these days, right? Went to, went to soccer, you know, it was in Olathe. It's like Olathe soccer, went to the O's and found a, a club called Olathe Soccer Club. It's called, at that time, the director of coaching said, yeah, we need help, you know, just coaching littles, coaching this, coaching that. Um, so that was 2004 and 19 years later, still doing it. Um, so I was fortunate then to, uh, you know, kind of go through all the small things in youth soccer and the youth soccer world to kind of, kind of help mold. Is this something I want to do or not? So never looked back, to be honest, never thought corporate gig wife was very supportive at the time. Well, I don't know if she was, but now she is <laughs> right. We all know the youth soccer scene and, and coaches have gone all the time, but it's just a passion of mine. I love it. I love the grind. Love meeting new people, coaches, families, just being around. It's, it's, it's great. You know, in many ways, it's interesting because, you know, as I said earlier, Scott Gallagher started in St. Louis. Back in the day, St. Louis used to be called kind of soccer town USA, right? Uh, I was the press officer for the 94 team. We had a ton of World Cup qualifiers in St. Louis. But really, when you look today at Kansas and Kansas City and you look at the job Peter Vermees has done and you look at the fact that the NWSL team has their own team, the fact that the United Soccer Coaches is based in Kansas City. I mean, in many ways, Kansas City... Kansas, I guess, Missouri, both of them, I mean, are, are huge soccer hotbeds, right? The growth has been incredible. And just seeing the success that, as you said, that, that Peter's had with uh, Sporting KC and even NWSL coming in. I've known Jeff Van Dusen for years over United Soccer Coaches. And just you've got really smart people who are also passionate but also aren't afraid to kind of build and have that success, if you will, and gain the respect. It helps, too, with all the facilities we have in Kansas City. It's, it's, it's amazing, all the turf complexes here. So uh, it just caters to growth, right? Now, I'm going to challenge your memory here, but you picked up the Yellow Pages. You got that first job. Can you remember every single stop before joining Kansas City Scott Gallagher in 2018, Dan? It's still vivid in my mind. Uh, I actually, if we're talking about different clubs or different stops, um, I've had two. I've had that one and this one, and that's it. Pretty loyal and passionate individual. So when I commit to family, team, club i stick through it good bad the challenges and everything so it was actually a uh, late soccer club they became a part of the rush brand in 2007 being a part of that was kind of cool and then um I, I was ready for a change i was ready for something else um had great experiences at that club but was kind of ready for something to challenge myself if you will uh, as a coach and, and as a director um, so yeah it was you know unique experience joining scott gallagher um, when i did uh, it was good timing they were looking for, I guess, something more organized is probably the wrong word, but um, looking for a challenge on the girls' side to see, to help it grow. Um, and that was kind of my niche has been on coaching on the girls' side. So it was a timing. Timing was good. Okay. I didn't challenge your memory too hard because there's only two stops. I love that, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people bounce around in, in soccer, but I love that uh, you found uh, two great homes, including your job now as Dan Naidu is the Kansas City Scott Gallagher Girls Director of Coaching. So let's dive into some of the general club details and kind of break it down. Let's start, Dan, with uh, going into detail in the regional league that you play in, which I understand is the ECNL Regional League, Heartland West. Talk a little bit about uh, your regional league, if you can. Uh, it's been a great experience. You know, we've been in it since the formation. I believe this is the fourth, fourth year of it. We were in there from the start. Uh, it's been a great experience for our club. We've seen great growth out of it in terms of the development of our coaching staff, challenging them continually. The clubs that have been in the region, in this Heartland Regional League, have been really, really good. It's good to have a group of clubs that are like-minded, continue to push, kind of do things the same way. And that's what I really like about the ECNL and even the Regional League is putting clubs together who are like-minded, right? We all may get there different ways. We, we all have our challenges for sure. But when you're on a game day around the coaches and directors, and the majority of the time, it's a great experience because you're all trying to do the same thing. There's some really good people at the clubs in the regional league that we're in. Competition's very, very good each year. You know, we have 12 teams in our comp in our side of the West, which is a lot. But I would say week in and week out, it provides great challenges for us. So it's been a great experience so far. 
We know that you've been a member since the formation of this conference four years ago, and I understand that you've been impressed with the overall structure. What are some of the key things that uh, you enjoy about it? It is called the regional link for a reason, right? It keeps travel down a little bit. I mean, we're going to Des Moines, St. Louis, and Wichita, right? And then here in Kansas City. That structure has been great. Each year it gets better. They keep adding things, showcases, the playoff structure, all these things keep getting better. The attention to detail in the league is very, very good. And they listen. Ralph Richards was actually our conference rep up until his new gig this year. So it was kind of a unique experience having someone who was so heavily involved in ECNL help form this conference and then grow it. You know, obviously now he's the head guy, right? So he was wonderful. He did have a Gallagher patch on as well. You know, that relationship was very good. And that uh, advice, I guess, in terms of what to expect, how to deal with things in the league, what you can control and can't control is very helpful. We're here with Dan Naidu from Kansas City, Scott Gallagher. By the way, Ralph Richards sends his best. He is uh, across the pond with his bride uh, having a good time, albeit with some traveling uh, difficulties. But, uh, you know, Ralph's always got a great attitude about everything. That's one of the things that I think we all love about Ralph. And uh, he also let me know that the last couple of years have been awesome for your program. Their past two years, you guys have been 42, 22, and 15. Just talk about your success. At KCSG, obviously, we strive to be one of the best clubs in the country. It's a very bold statement, um, and we understand that. But um, the continued challenge to push our coaching staff, which then in turn pushes our players to create that professional environment, right? You're here for a reason. You're here to be challenged. So I think that, that's that been a huge part of the success, has been the buy-in from our coaches and our families and players, and then how we structure everything within it. I mean, it is youth soccer but we are a business. We have a job to do. We take it seriously to want to just continue to push and provide the best possible environment for the kids. And once you do that, you know, my 19 years in club soccer so far, you can create a buy-in fairly quickly on the female side. You give them something to strive for. You give them goals. You allow them to be a part of the process and not just dictate how things go. So that's been our main philosophy and it's been a great buy-in from our staff who all believe kind of in the same thing. So it's difficult to pinpoint one or two things. It's been a collective effort, and it's been years of, honestly, making mistakes, learning from them, how do we make it better, listening to our families, listening to the players at the end of the day. What do you want? What do the players want in the environment? So that's really helped kind of guide our success. And when we looked at it this year, actually when I was getting ready for this and answering some of the questions and went back and was you know, tallying the wins, losses, right? And I was like, wow, that's that's really good. And we've had different coaches on different teams who've had the same success. So that's even the cooler part. It's been it's been the kids and the families and the club, not just one coach, not just one person, right? It's, it's a collective group. So it's been a great, great two years. Actually, it's been a great four years, but the past two years, we've really seen a lot of success on the field. I do want to point out that 22 number was 42, 22, and 15. The 23 number, 44, 14, and 7 with a plus 135 goal differential. That is big time. And, you know, you think about making the run to the postseason, which is, you know, at the end of the day, what we're all about is we're developing these people. But, you know, everybody wants to make the postseason. And the way I understand it, your 06s have had success, your 07s, your 08s, your 09s, all of them have had some success that they'll remember forever. Right, Dan? That's right. Our 06s, who are now 0506 composite, they've been in playoffs every single year. So it was kind of it was our first team to make playoffs three years ago. They've had a great run. And most of those kids in the 06s have been, you know, with the club since they were young. 07s, first year in the league, did really well. We had some player movement, kind of built back the culture a little bit. They're back to the playoffs now. They're actually number one in their division. 08s went to nationals a couple of years ago. 09s have been in the playoffs every year. This is their third year. They've been in ECNL Regional League. It's been great. And then our youngers, 2010s, this is their second year in the league. They continue to improve. And then our 2011s, which is also a great group, they've had a lot of success at a young age. So the future is really, really bright for our younger side. Kicking off this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast with Dan Naidu out of KC Scott Gallagher talking all things girls ECNL. We're not done with Dan. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the challenges the club has faced and how they deal with them. That and more on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, 
Our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Back with Dan Naidu, the Kansas City Scott Gallagher Girls Director of Coaching. Glad to have him on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, talking all things Kansas City. Scott Gallagher, what are some of the greatest challenges inside the conference as you assess it, Dan? So just through my lens, there aren't too many, but I, I will say that the addition of teams, this, you know, teams leaving, not that it's unstable, right? But um, I know even our first year in the league, we didn't know what to expect, right? So you don't know what you don't know. So the game day experiences, you continue to get better. But I would say that one of the biggest challenges would be, this is our top team, right? We treat it as our top team. Some of the clubs in our division also have ECNL Nationals here. So we're playing their second team, if you will. Right. So it's a challenge in a sense that, you know, we're striving to get to that. Right. We continue to knock on the door to try to see how we can get into the national tier by getting results, having the coaching staff, all these kind of things. And that provides a, a unique challenge. Right. When you're talking about player placement, uh, playing against clubs where it is their second team, not that they treat it any different. That's not my intent with that comment, but it does provide a challenge in a sense of, OK, we are playing their second team. So in the eyes of players and parents. Right. That's how they view it which is out of our control, but it's a good challenge because when we go into play, whether it's somebody's first, second team, it doesn't matter whether it's at our East and our regional league event, national showcase, um, our mindset doesn't change, right? We prepare to play at the highest possible level to continue to push forward. So I think that's the biggest challenge that we kind of run into. It's a good challenge though. It's not anything that's negative. And there's a lot of good clubs here locally in Kansas city that have national and regional leagues. I continue to push you know, how we do things, making sure that we are providing them the utmost professional environment, but yet challenging to the kids. As you know, Florida State just won another national championship. And during the College Cup broadcast, I think they said nearly 90% of the players, the four teams that made the Women's College Cup came from the ECNL. I know you're proud of the player pathway that it creates, and I'm sure you're very much involved with helping your players you know, find the right college uh, for their next step. Yeah, no, it, it's, you know, seeing those stats, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on the outside looking in, but, you know, I got to watch that game. And then after when, you, when you're seeing those stats, it's, it's mind boggling. It really is just to see where ECNL is now, seeing where the girls pathway, seeing the girls on the collegiate teams, national teams, seeing the clubs they played for. Um, it can only grow the game faster on the girls, right? And providing, having this is great. So I think that's a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I understand from your girls' side as a whole, you had 19 players commit from the 22 class, 28 players commit from the 23 class, and already for the 24 class, 20-plus girls. Those are great numbers, Dan. We're very uh, fortunate, and it's not only our top group, right? Um, the majority of our 11-11 age group, shoot 13 to 19, we have anywhere from five to eight teams. So the depth is, is incredible, but it's just given more opportunities and more players to reach their goals, right? Um, and I will say last year, we had 64 graduating girls over, I believe it was 58, if I'm not mistaken, went on to college. Not necessarily to play, but just to be a student or a student athlete in itself. So that number right there really, really stuck out last year when we were doing this. Not only the number we graduated, but the fact of that many kids who were able to manage playing youth sports, youth soccer, and also be a student and also have a social life, to be able to manage all that and say, yeah. I'm going to commit to go to college, whether it's playing or not. And that's where I think it gets missed sometimes, right? We celebrate only the student athletes. Well, I won't say only celebrate, but that seems to be what's what's heard the most. It's like, how many kids are going to college, right? Because I think youth sports helps mold those people, right? And it's definitely an integral part that that I don't want to just say, hey, we only these kids signed to go play college soccer, but it's also, hey, these kids are going to going to college. Right, period. So that's kind of cool for us. We'll see what this uh, our, our graduating class this year is a little bit lower. I think it's about 55, but still a massive number of kids, you know, at U19 graduating and going to play or just going to school. I love that answer, Dan. That says a lot about you and, and how you lead. You know, one of the other things that I've enjoyed is calling some of these national selection games. And you've had more than a player or two play in the NSGs over the last few years. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that's uh, 
it's a highlight of those events. What ECNL does with those national selection games is 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 incredible. Just the experience it creates for the kids. Two weekends ago in St. Louis, you know, we had we had two girls, uh, Piper Hughes and Cami Avendroff, uh, senior and junior, participate in it, and we make all of our kids well make. I mean, you know, we we organize where they all go, right? Every single kid from the platform. So every kid. U15 to U19 went and attended the match in, uh, in St. Louis. And so when you have that many players looking down, um, all the lights are on you. It's kind of the first time these players are in that, you know, all eyes on you, lights on, big atmosphere. And just seeing the smiles after, regardless if, you know, the team wins or loses, but seeing their their peers up there meeting teammates from around the region and the, and the nation wearing the same jersey as them, all to celebrate one thing, right? It's It's female soccer. Right. And to celebrate that and put it on the stage. So, yeah, we've been fortunate. They've been great events for us as staff. Nat Neuendorf was actually our ECNL regional director. She was a coach last year this time, 2022, head coach of one of the teams. So that experience for her was was great. The kids bring in signs. You know, they celebrated her as well with the kids and the parents. They don't understand it until they see it. Right. And then they're there and they're like, oh, this is why you we, you made us come out. It's it's 35 degrees. It's raining. And it's like, yeah, but your kid won't forget this for a long time. So it, it, they're great experiences for all. Great breakdown on the national selection game. We're here with Dan Naidu from Kansas City, Scott Gallagher. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, whether it's the NSG or the playoffs or a showcase, I mean, the professionalism of these events is top shelf. Can you elaborate on the professionalism, Dan? The simplest way I tell parents is you know when you're walking into an ECNL event. You know as soon as you step foot in the complex. doesn't matter what complex it is. You know what to expect, right? Even down to, you know, games are always on time. Always is a definite word, but more than likely they're on time. Three-man referee crew, you know, you've got the signage. You've got the big Nike box selling sweatshirts that the girls love. Um, so you just know there's no worries as a coach. Are we going to have three referees? Is the game going to kick off on time? Are we going to have ample warm-up time? None of that's there. You go in stress-free. You know it's going to be professional. You know there's going to be help if needed. They're very responsive to anything that happens over the weekend. You see staff at, around the fields all the time. That's the biggest thing I tell families is you know when you walk in and the first event they go to, they walk out, they're like, yeah, this is this is real deal. This is This is professional. Right. So it adds to the value. Right. We're trying to create that environment as well that they go to events and they see, OK, yeah, everybody else is trying to do this as well. So we're on to something special here. So it's been great. Well, your teams have been great, as we already talked about, as I broke down the records over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, one of the things is, as I mentioned already, the pathway to the postseason. Can you break down your overall experience with the ECNL's pathway to the postseason, Dan? Real simple for us, we get three teams, U13 to U17 from our side of the conference, one team at U19. What I've really enjoyed about that the pathway that they have is every single game counts. It doesn't matter if it's August 15th or December 4th, right? Every every league game counts. Every league game matters. So when you put that in perspective of, of getting these athletes to learn how to compete, and it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, it provides a great, great environment for them and I keep going back to that word environment but at the end of the day you know it's not just myself or the director you know parents the league everything that try to create helps that so the pathway is great because as you go it continues to challenge um, and then when you get to that postseason those uh, sevens just did it and it's been a long road we missed out last year 15 seconds left in the last match we played we needed a win to qualify for playoffs up one nil great match free kick is awarded to the opponent in stoppage time girl hits a great shot makes it we tie we miss out on the playoffs so i just tell that story because now when we qualified this year that's been the goal from that day a year ago for that group they knew exactly what they needed to do because of the structure that's created by the league and when they qualified you know they're hearing their friends go from the 06s last year and the 09s went and they wanted to be a part of that. So they knew that that experience had something to drive and look forward to. I just share that because it's the kids who were dictating and saying, this is a great event. This is a great experience. They know what the pathway is. They know how to get the playoffs. And then from there, 
you know, ROH made it to nationals two years ago. So they know they, they, they hear that within the club and they want to get back there as well. And not only for their, their team, but for the platform within KCSG as well. Right? They want to see that success for the younger kids coming up. They want to be able to provide and say, we've been there. It, it's great to have that ability to do that within the league and then have, you know, small steps. You win your, your you know, top three and then move on to playoffs and you have an opportunity to go to nationals as well. So it's a really cool experience. Yeah, let's talk about that, uh, for lack of a better word, crossover and or promotion or that opportunity when you can go to attend ECNL national events. And that happens quite a bit to some of the top performing regional league teams. What does that mean to Kansas City, Scott Gallagher and you specifically, Dan? So last fall, we got to go to Indianapolis humbly, right, to get asked to go from, from top performing teams and to be able to compete against, you know, different opponents, right? We had a lot of success in that event, even as a regional league club. One, I, I feel we, as a club, you know, we've earned that, I guess, right, if you will, by being humble enough to be able to go to these events and showcase that, you know, we do belong, right? Or we can compete at, at that level. Right. We have teams, players, and coaches to be able to drive and get there. But just being able to be a part of it is is great. It's great for our staff. It's great for our families to see. It's great to to play other clubs when you leave and feel like, wow, that's a that's a top level nationally recognized club that we just competed with. Even if it's three one, right? You're like you competed with it. They were better, but you know that that continues to drive and push that challenge. Looking forward to our O nines attending the Texas event in February. Very excited for that. Parents are excited. Kids are excited. Coach is excited. It's just been the buzz since we were invited. So that creates a whole new level. You know, in the wintertime, it's kind of downtime, but not for this group, right? They're amped up. They want to get back to training between Christmas and New Year's, right? They want to hit the ground running right after the New Year for that event. So it adds another level of excitement for the kids. Two more questions for Dan Naidu. Really enjoying our conversation with Kansas City Scott Gallagher, Girls Director of Coaching. Dan, you've been outstanding. I'm glad that you mentioned the ECNL Texas event because I think that's a pretty good example of one of the things that I'm just a broadcaster, but one of the things I've enjoyed about the ECNL is I truly feel like they listen to the clubs and they come up with different solutions to make things better, including this ECNL Texas event. That's a good example of what I'm talking about, I think. For sure it is. And as I said, with the events, you know, and I mentioned people are around, they're responsive. Um, the league's always been responsive with things. Uh, tough questions sometimes, right? You know, challenging them back a little bit of, hey, this is what, you know, this is what some of the directors in the league have been asking and talking about. What can we do? More times than not, they come through with a viable solution, right? Or at least a process of, hey, here's, here's where we're at right now. But having the opportunities to say, hey, you're, this high-performing team, we're, we're going to reward their performances at the end of the day. And as, you know, being in the regional league right now, that's it's a great opportunity to showcase our club, that we can have that opportunity. It's good. ECNL stands for Elite Clubs National League. In one sentence, when you hear those four letters, ECNL, what does it mean to Dan Naidu? You know, to me, I, I think it's the best of the best. That's what I look at, not only from when I hear, okay, Elite Clubs National League, there's a lot of platforms out there, right? When you hear that, that bold Elite Clubs National League, it does make me think, okay, is that really true, right, with all these other platforms? But again, as I've said along this podcast of the events they put on and everything, it's true, right? I think the attention to detail and the continued strive to make things better and the continued desire to listen to clubs is what makes it probably the best girls, not probably, in my opinion the top performing girls platform in the country. I think all those things add into it. So they live by it, which is tough to do. It is. And one of the things I've learned in this conversation with you is you live by your family. You were kind enough to talk about, you know, heading out with your wife and you said you have a wife and three kids. So let's end with hearing their names because Dan, uh, we all know we can't do it without our families, uh, Dan. So go ahead and share their names with us if you can. Very true. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. And without my wonderful wife, you know, allowing the crazy schedules, you know. She's a rock of the house. Brinley is my six-year-old little girl. I've got a 16-year-old, Ethan. Ironically, does not play soccer. Football, basketball guy. It's awesome. And my oldest is uh, just turned 20. His name's Dylan. So he went through youth soccer, club experience and everything. So wide range of age. Love them all to death. And couldn't go through every day without coming home to rough day or whatever. You come home, you can always guarantee that little six-year-old is going to, doesn't matter what happened. 
doesn't even know. It's just she's just smiling her face. So not that my boys don't, but 16 and 20. Yeah, sometimes it's like, all right, dad, <laughs> I need some gas money. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And your wife's name is Katie. Awesome. I mean, Dan, I got to tell you, you, you look like you just graduated from Georgia. So I got to believe you love what you do, Dan. Uh, uh, that's part of, I think, uh, staying young for sure. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the ECNL podcast, Breaking the Line. Dan Naidu, the Kansas City Scott Gallagher Girls Director of Coaching. Thanks for being on, Dan. Thanks for having me, Dan. It's been, it's been great. Dan Naidu, top shelf. Great job on the interview. Coming up, we've got one more guest. Mike Aubrey is the Executive Director for the Greater Toledo Football Club Impact. Mike Aubrey on the bounce. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL Girls, ECNL Boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Coaches of the Year and the ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys Goals of the Year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. I am so thrilled with our next guest, Mike Albury, the executive director for the Greater Toledo Football Club Impact. If uh, you don't know, and I think you do, if you listen to any of my shows long enough, you know that I'm from Toledo, grew up in Fremont, Gibsonburg. So anytime I can talk to anybody associated with Toledo, I'm excited. And then the ties that bind between Mike Albury, the executive director of the Greater Toledo Football Club, and me are almost heavenly so with that mike aubrey welcome to breaking the line the ecnl podcast thank you so much dean i'm thrilled to be here and we're gonna have to get you back in town to watch a game soon you know i would love that actually and i need to do that i gotta tell you i'm really happy that just knowing that soccer is thriving because when when i grew up mike you know my high school and they still don't didn't have a soccer team to know that you guys are getting it done and being recognized by the ecnl on the ecnl podcast warms my heart clearly soccer is thriving. I mean, you've made a living off of it, right? Yeah, I've been doing it for just about 30 years, maybe a little over 30 years if you count some kind of uh, rec coaching and stuff like that. But it's been a quite a journey. But yeah, it's it's been my whole life. Well, we already talked about the fact that we have mutual friends in Tred Durst and Johnny Orozco and Toledo Strong, right? And I do want to hear your story. I love St. John's. I actually almost went to St. Francis, which I think is their big rival, but instead went to Fremont St. Joe. Rob Chudinski, the former Browns coach, you know, he went to St. John's. He's a good friend of mine as well. I don't know if you remember Rob Chudinski at all. Do you remember Chud? Yeah, he was a little older than me. I think I was a freshman when he was a senior. Love watching him play football for St. John's for sure. Yeah, and he was great at Miami. I think he won two national championships down at uh, Miami, Florida, for sure. So, all right, Mike, give me your full story. So, you know, when did you get into soccer? Did you play it at St. John's? How did you start the Greater Toledo Football Club Impact? Sure. So um, I started playing club soccer in uh, maybe not until sixth grade, uh, which was the first real opportunity. Back, back in the day, there was about three clubs in Toledo. There was just not much going on here. Um, so I started playing then, fell in love with it instantly, um, played at St. John's, had a couple opportunities to play at Division Three college, but I took a couple year hiatus from soccer altogether to go learn some other stuff. I went to Miami of Ohio for two years, came back to town, and uh, my old club, I had played for the Toledo Celtics for a couple of years at that point, I was just looking for coaches, I got involved, never really looked back from that point on, I was, all I did was coached. Started a club... I would say it was, it was called the Toledo football club. So we, a slight change of name and merged together with a couple other coaches at a local YMCA and then officially became GTFC impact in 1996. And I was a director of coaching from that point forward until 
2020, where I became the executive director after our good friend COVID came to town. How big is the club now, Mike? You know, I think it's huge, but I've I've talked to some <laughs> I've talked to some people from Scott Gallagher and Dallas Sting last weekend, and I'm realizing we're not quite that big. We're at 1,400 players, uh, about 75 teams, and 60 uh, really really talented coaches. Let's dive into your club as it relates to the ECNL, and we'll start with the regional league. We had been applying for ECNL regional league for a couple of years. We we're having a hard time finding a good a good fit in uh, in U.S. youth soccer. There just wasn't opportunities for us because we weren't in the full ECNL. Talked to Doug Bracken, who I, I know you know very well. He had said there was something coming. Just be patient. There was something for, for clubs that weren't in that full ECNL. And about a year later, I got a call from Ralph. They were forming the Great Rivers Conference, and he wanted us to be one of the inaugural members. So we started in that conference at the beginning of last year. You know, we're a year and a half into it, and we've had a wonderful, wonderful time and a wonderful experience, as we know we would with the ECNL. Mike, who are some notable clubs that are with you in the Great Rivers Conference? I'm trying to just calculate all the travel. So NWI Lions and Indy Elite are there in kind of Northwest Indiana. Indy Fire South, Ohio Galaxies and FC Dayton. Sporting okay. Columbus from obviously Columbus. Great to be here with Mike Albrey, the Executive Director for the Greater Toledo Football Club Impact. Can you give us a review on the 2022-23 season and and as you're looking forward to the 23-24 conference? So give us a review and uh, what you're looking forward to as we enter a new year. We had uh, <clears throat> what I would consider a dream season in 22-23. In we had no idea what to expect. We had a good history with a lot of the clubs that we had played. Four of our teams finished first in the conference, two finished second. All of our teams went to regionals, which was a new experience for us to have that kind of representation at that level of tournament. We wound up having our oldest group of girls win the event. Our 07s won their bracket and went to nationals. And then they wound up losing the national semifinals last year. The low light of last year was we had three teams eliminated from postseason play on PK shootouts. We're spending a lot of time on that. <laughs> if you've got any pointers, I'd love to hear them. Um, <laughs> this year, the obviously our two our U13s and U14s have started play. Our high school girls came back in November. So they're about, I think they're four games each into their season. Results are are fairly similar, although we're finding it a little bit more difficult because um, you know we're getting everybody's best shot now. I mean, we were we were the king of the king of the hill last year, so we're definitely getting everybody's best shot. Really enjoying the experience and finding the path to to that postseason is quite challenging, but it's also really exciting for our kids. I understand you never lost in a showcase event. That's something to hang your hat on, right? So that was last year. We participated in three. We didn't lose a game. We tied two. Wouldn't have expected it in a million years, but I think our kids are, A, they can obviously play, but B, they were they were very amped up and respectful of the environment. They knew what was going on. So they awesome. were ready to play all those games. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Our second guest is Mike Albrey, the executive director from the Greater Toledo Football Club Impact. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll ask Mike about some of the challenges he's faced as his club gets bigger and better. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Dean Linky doubling down on guests today, including our visit now with Mike Albrey, the executive director of the Greater Toledo Football Club Impact. And Mike, I left telling people we were going to ask you about some of the challenges for your club as you work your way through the ECNL. It's been a lot more challenging this year. And I think, again, knowing we're getting everybody's best shot, that initial success that can create some issues for our girls, uh, you know, keeping it from going to their heads, keeping them humble. Um, and so we've certainly had some of those issues that we've seen early on where, you know, here or there, the girls have taken their foot off the gas in training. Those have been the, the biggest issues for us to navigate have kind of been internally after having some success. I think the kids are dealing with it really well. So it's still just continued to kind of uh, slug along. We've done a little bit more travel this year. We've gotten invited to a few more events uh, outside of the regional league that have been uh, exciting for us. It's just kind of trying to keep them focused, keep them, keep them interested. So we've got to be innovative about how we're training and approaching things as well. 
ECNL does such a great job propping up players and creating a great pathway. Do you have some individual player standouts that uh, you want to mention here on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast? We've had a couple of kids that have played in the selection games at these showcases. Ariel Fast represented us at St. Louis. She's actually headed off to Wright State University where she'll be a freshman. And then Lila Simon was selected this year. She's a she's actually a sophomore this year, so she's still got quite a future ahead of her. Lila is an amazing and unique player and, and certainly deserved that opportunity. And it was really fun watching her get to play in that event. We talked about the fact that you did really well at the showcase and events, but how about just your take on how well the ECNL runs those events? Mike, from a big picture point of view, you as the executive director, what are your thoughts on how professional these events are? What I love the most about the events is there's you know, there's no there's no surprises. You know, you get to the fields and there's three referees. Everything's on time. There's game balls. There's cameras. There's always an ECNL staff member within eyesight that you can reach out to if you have questions. The level of uh, exposure for our kids has been unbelievable. I mean, we're handing out profiles faster than we can print them most of the time. Everything that you get from these events, from from the application process on or Everything is done so early so that you can plan. It's one of the things that kind of drives me nuts in the soccer world is so many things are last minute. And with the ECNL, everything is so well planned out, so well organized, and everybody knows the expectations. So it's not like somebody can, another club can't mess it up for you because the expectations are that you're going to live to the same standard that ECNL is presenting. And that's one of the things that's made it such a great find for us. One of the reasons that we've been applying for, for years to get in is just because we know the professionalism of the organization. And we have not been disappointed at all. Really pleased to hear that you've had a couple of players play in the national selection game. I've been calling a lot of them. I'm bummed that I missed the one in St. Louis because the minute I heard Ariel played for Toledo. How about the national selection game in general? You've had the players, but what is your takeaway from you know what that means to the players that get to play in it? It's a level of exposure. like It's an insight into the next level for them, right? Because it's it's a full stadium. I mean, I couldn't believe how many people were there. I didn't get to go the first year. The second year I went, I mean, it was raining. It was cold. There was not a place to park in the parking lot. The stadium was packed and everybody was going bonkers. So again, I feel like it was, it's something those kids never get uh, to really experience at their level and to have that for them, to have them, you know, kind of look up into the bleachers with big eyes and see their teammates going nuts for them, you know, that are sitting there observing. I mean, I think it's, it was such an amazing experience for those kids. I can't believe how much time they put into it. They were there two hours before the game, talking tactics and all kinds of stuff. We're here with Mike Albrey, the executive director for the Greater Toledo Football Club Impact, talking all things ECNL. If you could break down the pathway to the postseason and your overall experiences with that. This is one of these things that's new to us because, you know, we've always been in USU soccer prior to this, and it's always been, you know, you do well at State Cup, you go to regionals. You have a good weekend, you get to have another good weekend. It's so refreshing to have your entire season lead to something else, you know, and again, I think that's a, a, an opportunity for us to keep our kids interested. Every game matters, which means every training session matters, and we get to talk about those things for them. So the value of the league play for everybody becomes so much higher, and then I think it just that, that forces the, the quality of everything to be better. The path to the postseason is, is new for us, and it's awesome. Well, and one of the key things I understand for your program is that your oldest team was in and out of the playoffs all season long and had to win both games in the final weekend to qualify. That was quite a story. So those are some kids that I had coached for a really long time when they were youth. I wound up not coaching them for about three years in a row uh, while they were high school kids. And then as they were seniors, as fate would have it, I kind of became their coach again. That's all they want to do is go to regionals it's a little bit slimmer margins with the, with the oldest age group to get to regional. So we had actually knocked ourselves out with kind of a bad loss. And then the next day that team that beat us wound up losing. So we were back in and then we win the next two games the next weekend and we get to go to regionals. And I think we won that last game by a goal in the last 10 minutes. So, you know, even that game had some fireworks and then we wound up winning, you know, winning the whole thing on top of it. We won regionals. So kind of a great, great storybook ending for those kids and for me. It's something that those kids will never forget, right, Mike? They're still texting me and saying, hey, remember when we won regionals? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was last summer, so it's not right. that long ago. But yeah, for sure. Great to be with Mike Aubrey, the executive director for the Greater Toledo Football Club. 
impact as we're talking all things ECNL and you already kind of mentioned it, but can you talk a little bit more about potential further opportunities to attend ECNL national events? It's been a crazy and exciting last month for us. We were invited to go to uh, ECNL Dallas with three of our age groups about three weeks ago, which for us has, you know, it's a dream come true to compete at that. You know, it's the highest level in the country. So to get an opportunity to even be involved with that is, you know, that's what we've been working for. That's what we want for our kids. About a week later, one of the teams had been left out. They were also invited to attend and they were also given the opportunity to attend uh, ECNL Phoenix in April as well. So we are beyond blessed, beyond blessed for the opportunity. A little bit nervous, super excited, really fired up to be able to compete at that level and, you know, see how all the big dogs play. You know, as, as you think about all the time you've spent there and it's pretty much been most of your professional life, what are you most proud of running this fine club? I thought we were a really big club. And as I started to talk to a lot of these ECNL programs, I realized we're a really, really small market. I'm so proud of our kids for the commitment that they show, for the, the dedication that they have to, to compete with, you know, truly the elite in the country and the way we do it. I mean, it's, it's a very blue collar, very hardworking, very gritty approach because that's, that's what we have that we can work with. And so they're very disciplined and I'm so proud of these kids for, for being able to achieve this level of, of competitiveness. And um, they certainly deserved the, these opportunities that have come to them. They've earned them. And uh, I can't wait to see them perform at that level. What is the professional landscape around there, even semi-pro? I know like Detroit has a team and Flint has a team. Obviously, we know about the Columbus crew as they won another MLS Cup, which is, you know, two or three hours away from from Toledo, but does Toledo have some men's or women's professional teams as well, Mike? So there's a there's a men's uh, USISL team called Toledo Villa, and I'm very excited to announce that uh, we have just entered the WPSL, so we will have a team starting this summer for the women as well. So we're super excited about that, and obviously that's the next evolution of our development. Are you a Columbus Crew fan? Who, who, who are your teams that Mike Aubrey likes to pull for? I, I definitely grew up loving the crew. And I think, you know, back in the day, the original crew, again, it was, it, it was characteristics that are near and dear to my heart. They were super hardworking and I put those hat, hard hats on and, and they meant it. So I love the crew. Soccer in Ohio is amazing. We've got FC Cincinnati as well. And I think they played each other in the, the semifinals. So, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to not be happy for Ohio and Ohio soccer. I have worked for the Big Ten Network since day one. In fact, the first ever game on the Big Ten Network was West Virginia at Ohio State men's soccer. And then the next day, Michigan football lost to App State. And uh, this is my 17th season with the Big Ten Network. Signed through my 18th season, hoping to make it 20 years with the Big Ten Network. But I'm always excited on the Big Ten rosters you know, whether it's, you know, Ohio State or or even Wisconsin, Michigan, whatever, when I see Ohio players on there, there's a lot of them. And you got to remember Rose Lavelle is, uh, claims Ohio as well. Absolutely. Honored to have her, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed. But you're seeing a lot more Ohio players, you know, make top level college teams and then go on to even to, to the pro level, right, Mike? The exposure has been phenomenal, Ohio. You have, uh, you know, you have a good handful of clubs that have really got it figured out now as well. Um, so, you know, producing the players, developing correctly from the young ages, and then, you know, making sure that, that, that they have those opportunities to be seen and succeed once they're, you know, they're done with club soccer and moving on to whatever's next in life, college and pros. Mike, what's your favorite thing about Toledo? I mean, are you a Tony Packles guy, a Mudheads guy? Tell me what, what's your favorite thing about living in, in the Toledo area? It's, it's awful hard to beat a wall, the, the Toledo walleye. Going to a walleye game is, uh, is a fantastic experience. They've always got a good squad. And I, I've probably only been to 10, 12 games in my life, but it seems like every one of them goes into overtime and has some kind of excitement to it. So love the walleye. That's a great answer. You know, when I was growing up, they were the gold diggers, by the yep. way, and made the change to the walleye, which, you know, by the way, every time I come home, which is at least once a year, if not twice a year, Two things have to happen. I have to have some perch and I have to have some walleye, no matter what time of the year it is. And there's enough places around Toledo and Fremont to make that happen. I mean, tell everybody how great those two fish are, because a lot of people don't even know what they are. Yeah, you can't beat them. Uh, you can't beat either one of them. I, th I don't know why Toledo's known for them other than that, that great lake that we have. 
I have not been perch fishing. I have been walleye fishing and uh, it's a real ugly fish when you pull it out of the water. It tastes a lot better than it looks. <laughs> and then indulge me, Tony Packles. Tell everybody what they're missing in Tony Packles. People call it hot dogs, but it's not really a hot dog, is it? It's, it's, it's almost its own food group. It's, a, it's amazing that, uh, that we have that and that's something that's unique to Toledo. Tony Pacos is absolutely the best. I'm going to date myself when I say that Jamie Farr clearly put Tony Pacos on the map and I think Toledo on the map for his love of the Toledo Mud Hens on MASH, which was a long running, I guess you call it a sitcom forever. And, uh, you know, Jamie Farr would always have his name on either PGA or an LPGA event in Toledo as well. There's beautiful golf courses around. Mike, I can't let you go without reminiscing this part. You know, I might lose the audience, but I hope not. But it's just the irony in having you on this show one day after I called Toledo Duke women's basketball and was through divine intervention reunited with the daughter of a good friend of yours, Tred Durst, who I understand is one of the top referees in the area as well. And his wife's parents reconnected with my parents at a time that they needed to be reconnected. Talk a little bit about Tred Durst and Johnny Orozco, particularly because those two kind of all at the same time serendipitously connected. And then I get to meet you. I'm, I'm really, uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm overjoyed and a little bit emotional about it. Soccer is a small world. Soccer in Toledo is a smaller world. Tred and I grew up together. John's been coaching and refereeing here for, it seems like, an eternity. I mean, we've we've all been in the same circles for forever. It's amazing that we've had that, you know, we had that connection, which we discovered about, you know, 12 hours after we were introduced via email. So that's amazing. At the end of the day, I told Tred's daughter, Ellie, when we kind of got through the emotion of the connection, and I talked to Patty forever, and and my mom and my mom's crying and Patty's crying as they get together and try to support each other, you know, as, as both of our dads are getting older, Allison's dad and, 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 and my dad. And at the end of it, I said to Ellie, see, here's the deal, man. Ohio is the heart of it all, man. Ohio is the heart of it all, right? We're all connected through Ohio in some way, coach. That's right. That's right. And Ohio takes a, takes a beating on a national stage by people's opinions, but I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I'm proud of the state. I'm proud of my town. You're right. It's something special here for sure. If people want to learn more about your club, can you give the website so people can go and check it out? Sure. It's greatertoledofc.org. Easy enough. Mike Aubrey, the bearded Zeus. Really great to connect with you. I'm sorry it took this long. Are you going to the ECNL AGM and symposium by chance? I sure am. Please come up to me. I definitely want to meet you. I can't wait to shake your hand, Dean. Same here. I want to thank Mike and Dan and all the great people at the ECNL for each and every one of them and all of you. I'm Dean Linky. Happy New Year. Make it a great 2024. And we'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.